0: A lot of people are asking this because I think there's this notion from independent creators that there has to be a specific time. You know, the timing has to be right. And, you know, nobody wants to feel like they're jumping out too soon. Um, so a lot of questions around how many episodes should I have? How many downloads should I have? Like, when do I know that my show is ready for sponsorships? And here is the answer you've been waiting for. There is no answer. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Podcast Trapper. I'm your host, Anna Gogo, founder of Blackpot Collective, Blackpot Festival, and Adotate Media. And This episode is going to be hard, not because of what I'm talking about, but because I got makeup on my shirt. So for those who are watching on camera, yes, I look stiff because I'm not able to move this arm because I have to perfectly cover for this camera angle. So you guys don't see that not only did I get makeup on my shirt, I then try to get it off and made it worse. So pay no attention to the fact that my whole left arm is not going to move this whole episode. Okay, so just putting that out as a disclaimer, those who are listening Let's hope I don't sound too strange cuz I'm not used to sitting still. So, wish me luck this episode, guys. But this week's episode, I'm actually talking about podcast sponsorship and what you're going to be including in sponsorships. Like what is it that you should be looking for? Five things you need to know to pitch sponsors like all of the details. So let's dive on into it. I think we're going into sponsorship season because people are getting ready for summertime to have fun, do things, turn up, and create that amazing content. So I want to kind of like dive into this. First and foremost... um I see this everywhere from Facebook groups to Instagram posts uh, to clients, people who come into the studio. The number one question, and I know you guys are probably like, Anna, you say this. This is the number one question all the time. And guess what? It could be the number one question for that month. And so the number one question that I've been getting recently is from people asking questions as to when do they know you're like you're ready for sponsors? A lot of people are asking this because I think there's this notion from independent creators that there has to be a specific time. You know, the timing has to be right. And, you know, nobody wants to feel like they're jumping out too soon. Um, so a lot of questions around how many episodes should I have? How many downloads should I have? Like, when do I know that my show is ready for sponsorships? And here is the answer you've been waiting for. There is no answer. Like, that's the truth of it. Every show is going to be drastically different. So unfortunately, there's no way to be like, oh, this is the magic number of when you need sponsors and when you should start reaching out because that's just unrealistic. And so I hate to be the one to tell you I don't have the answer for that because it's dependent on your niche. I had one client who. She only had maybe two to 300 downloads an episode, which in industry standard is not a lot, but she got somebody to sponsor her whole season for like $20,000. And the reason for this is she was super specific. Her podcast was very niche, very small audience that was very hard to get in front of. So the fact that she was able to find 300 people for that niche was already quite astounding to businesses in that particular arena. And so she was able to reach out to small businesses that were interested in reaching her niche. That felt like a tongue twister if there ever wasn't one. Um, But this is what I mean by there's never a good download number. There's never a specific time as to when you should start actually the process of reaching out to sponsors. I have clients who've literally gotten sponsors well before they ever even launched their podcast, just based off of going out there and the relationships that they already had within their specific industry. So let me dispel that myth of there's a specific number that you have to reach in order to start reaching out to sponsors. I do not believe that to be the case. I know the industry says like you want a thousand downloads per episodes. Once you've hit that part, then you can start reaching out. And I've not found that to be the case. Now let's go into the next thing. So what sort of numbers, like, you know, like what numbers do you need to be attaining? Like, what are your downloads need to be? And you see how I just said that industry says a thousand. Um, However, I don't believe that you should ever just be pitching just your podcast for sponsorship. Now, granted, this is what I've seen to work for myself as well as for my clients. So, please keep this in mind as I share my experiences. I do not think you should ever just be pitching for the sake of your podcast and that one vertical. I'm very much so a bundler and I feel like cutting cable ad right now. So, for $5.99 a month, you can cut your cable today and bundle away. Don't ask me what's happening to me. I think I'm delusional. But I believe in bundling. And the reason I say this is when you start looking at your social media engagement, your newsletter, your podcast downloads, your own brand and audience, I think it's much more lucrative and impactful when you start putting all of those elements together rather than just one element. So, for instance, Blackpot Collective, our newsletter has about five thousand subscribers, um, and then our podcast gets anywhere from about a thousand to two thousand downloads a month. And granted, we haven't put anything out in quite some time. Um, and then we have our social media; we have a little bit over seven thousand, almost eight thousand followers, and our engagement is about. Anyway, from a thousand to two thousand reach video views about a thousand. So we're doing pretty good holistically, meaning if I'm going to send out for, Hey, let's sponsor a podcast episode. You're probably going to want to give me anywhere from like $50 for just the podcast episode. But when we, Oh, and then let's not forget our website because that's also traffic. Our blog gets a lot of exposure. So our blog probably gets about two to 3000 visits a month. Um, and we have a little bit over a thousand, I said a 1, thousand, a hundred posts on our blog. And so if I say, give me $50 for the blog, give me $50 for social media, give me 50, like that's just 50, 50, 50. But if I put this into a package and say, hey, give me $500 so that this way I can place you in our podcast, our newsletter, our social media, our website, you see how this is much more impactful than trying to segment one thing off. And so you're able to get a bigger bang for your buck. Now, I know you're probably saying, "Okay, so wait, what does this mean as far as my numbers go? I'm never one to tell you what those numbers look like. I've had clients who've gotten three thousand dollar sponsorships off of a thousand downloads and I've had clients who are 300 uh, downloads an episode um, getting anywhere from 20,000. So it really is dependent on what you're bundling together and your niche and who you're reaching out to for this sponsorship. Next up is, when you're pitching to sponsors, what should you send? Like, what should your pitch deck have or your media kit, shall we say, have about your show? Now... I know some sponsors are very specific. I've actually had some people who've reached back out to us and say, hey, these are the details that we want. And guess what? I love those type of sponsors because it makes life so much easier when it's like, oh, you already know you want to work with us. You're reaching out to partner together. Those are actually the easiest of deals because they're going to tell you what they're looking for, especially if they're working with an agency. But let's kind of take it one step further. Um, then Some of the things that I have found to be like, okay, you should include this, are your downloads, your lifetime downloads. So not just over 30 days, but also like, okay, what does it look like for your oldest episode, um, your listen-through rate? And so it's like, how are people listening up to the 60 mark? Are people only listening to your pre-roll? Because this also determines how you kind of price elements, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, of how are you pricing your mid-roll versus how are you pricing your your pre-roll, your post, all of those things. Because your pre-roll it should be a lot more expensive than any other space because they're listening to that ad before they ever even get to know what this podcast episode is about. Um, the next thing is your ratings and reviews. Like what do people have to say about your podcast? What do the people think about it? This is why I would love for you guys to please go ahead, rate, like, review, because hey, I still I too want to start reaching out to sponsors. I too want to get people involved in the work that we're doing here at Donate Media and on the podcast trapper. But also You want to start including like your growth rate, what you've been able to see over time a return on investment. So that ROI, meaning if you work with other sponsors in the past, I think it's always great to be able to say, this is where they were before. This is where they got to. Something I do with all clients who have a marketing package with us is that I take screenshots of their social media channels. I take screenshots. I ask them to provide us with screenshots of their website traffic. I get screenshots for existing shows of their hosting. And so I can see what those downloads were to do a comparison. Being able to show that, hey, this person paid us $10,000 a month, $2,000 a month, whatever that price may be, and this is what we were able to do over a 30-, 60-, 90-day period, that means a lot more to somebody as a client or even a sponsor than anything else might And so I think having that data and those statistics in place makes the difference. But also remember how I said testimonials, not only from your listeners, but some of those past sponsors. And for those who are like, hey, I haven't worked with sponsors before. It is completely okay. But this is something to keep in mind as you start that process of working with sponsors. Make sure you're getting that from them. I'm very big on having systems and policies in place. So this also means like having your contracts together, but also having an offboarding for your sponsor, meaning once they're done, send them a survey, ask them what are things that they would have liked to see better, send them a questionnaire so that you can get that review while it's fresh on their mind. And so these are things that you want to kind of keep in mind. Now, I think oftentimes everybody thinks that everything should just be about the data and the numbers. And i I want to use this analogy. When somebody pitches to be on your podcast, you typically want to see that they've actually listened to an episode before. You want to see that they know how your audience aligns with their brand or their messaging. You want to see that they actually have taken the time to get to know you and your brand a little bit. Have they done their research? Do they actually care about the actual Content and your audience, or are they just looking for a way to promote themselves? It is the same thing with sponsors. Sponsors don't want to see where you just want their money. They want to actually see that you're interested in their brand. Um, this is why a lot of sponsors like reaching out to people who already utilize the brand because it means it makes a difference because you're able to speak with from. I'm a genuine place versus a, I'm just being paid for this. So whenever you're pitching to a sponsor, make sure it's a sponsor that you already either utilize or you know how your brand and your audience aligns with their brand, how it's able to be advantageous to them. Remember how I said sometimes in a past episode, I don't know if you listened to the episodes of sponsors versus Uh, partners. But please go back and listen to that. Most sponsors, when you're pitching them, they want to feel like you're cultivating a relationship and not just asking them for money. So make sure in your pitch deck or media kit, whatever you're sending out, that you are very intentional about what this means for the lasting partnership, the lasting relationship, and how it aligns for both of your audiences. Because this should not be a one-way street. Last thing I want to leave you guys with, because this, this, now this, this, This is a fun one. How much should you be charging? And I know you're probably going to be upset that I do not have the answer to that because there's too many different variables that go into that. Now, I always say that there's some things you want to look at and think about when you're thinking through your pricing. One, how much does it cost you to put this together? My pricing and your pricing are going to be drastically different. There is literally a team of people who work on this podcast. There's a videographer, there's a photographer, there's an audio engineer, there's a content writer. That is four. Did I count that right? One, two, three. Yep. That is four different people for one podcast. Plus myself as the producer, who's coming up with the content and everything like that. That's a lot more different. And there's a lot more cost that goes into my show. So when you're thinking of your show and your costs, think of your hosting fee, think of your you know, music rights, think of your remote recording tool, think of your studio tools, anything that you pay on a monthly reoccurring basis, like your audio engineer, Think of those costs. And if you don't already have some of those costs and it's something you want to outsource to, start getting pricing for how much it would cost for an audio engineer, how much it would cost to come into a studio like a Dode Media and, you know, hand everything over, determine what those costs are, and then work your way backwards to determine what you should be charging. I know in this day and age, in 2023, everybody says, charge your worth and then add tax. Don't do that. I said it. Don't do that. I know it sounds really nice to say like you should charge out the wazoo, but I really do feel like this is how people you see a lot of entrepreneurs who are going back to work. That's because a lot of them were overcharging for probably not the same reach. So when you are first starting out, meaning you haven't worked with a sponsor yet, you haven't gotten reviews yet, you haven't gotten testimonials, you haven't gotten um, any details about ROIs of what you've been able to accomplish with other sponsors, it is okay for you to decide, you know what? Let me charge a hundred bucks for my newsletter and my social and my podcast. Guess what? That covers your hosting platform, that covers your remote recording tool and a few other elements. Starting off there so that this way you can kind of show a return on investment. You can show and have proof of concept before you start pitching for the big dogs. And so I really wish more people would start off small and build your way up. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, don't shoot for the moon. Or they say shoot for the moon so you could be amongst the stars. But guess what? If you keep shooting for the moon and you keep missing, you're going to eventually miss the stars too. And that analogy actually made no sense. But you know what I meant. Um, And so... As you embark on reaching out to sponsors, don't just think of your podcast as a silo. And I think I want more people to start thinking of their podcast as a brand, as a media company, because that's what you're developing. You are putting out stories. You are putting out content. You are looking at your industry. You are looking at the data. You are... Constantly engaging with your audience. I mean, quite frankly, you're the news. No, I got it carried away. Sorry, guys. But like you really want to like, you know, you're a hard-hitting journalist because guess what? That's what we are. We're storytellers. We're people who connect with our audiences in a way... That matter and we have to stop looking at it as one individual silos of talking into a microphone. The work we put on social media, the work we put into building a newsletter, the work we put into our email list, the work we put just across the board to tell amazing stories makes a difference. So start packaging that up and selling it and building those partnerships. So. Podcast sponsorship is not something I offer. So it's one of those things that I work with a few clients on, helping them understand how to strategize and put this together. And so it's something I'm still learning. You know, I've worked with a few clients on it and it's done really well. But I'm very big on before I start packaging something as a service that I'm offering, I want to make sure that I fully grasp it. So there might be a part two to this. Like as I learn some more, um, as we're rolling out kind of a new service, but helping more of our clients understand the sponsorship side of the house, because we really do focus on utilizing your podcast as a main marketing generator for your business. And not so much as this thing that should be generating money, not saying that it can't, but that's just where we've been focused on as a business. So as I'm diving down this new road of sponsorship with clients, I'll definitely kind of be taking you guys along the journey. So you can learn a little bit as I learn a little bit. Um, if you guys are interested in, you know, Giving me some ideas of what to talk about, please send an email to support at adodemedia.com. Don't forget, adode is A-D-O-D-E, media.com. And quite frankly, I enjoyed this one. And I hope you guys did as well. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a review, because, hey, I do want to let sponsors know that, hey, you guys think I'm interesting. And until next time, guys, you guys have a good one.